Dr. Marketing Tips, paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey. And I'm Danielle. And uh, this is actually take two. Take two. Of this episode. Why is that, Danielle? Yes, well, you know, you got to learn the hard way sometimes. And if you're ever going to start a podcast, a good rule of thumb is to make sure that you're actually recording. So Corey and I had a fun time last week just talking to each other and not actually recording the podcast. So this is take two, so hopefully it's better than the first one. Yeah, that means this is going to be the best episode that we've ever done because we've already done it. Yes, we got practice. So So. welcome to the show. (laughs) Uh, Today, what we wanted to talk to you guys about is uh, Instagram and Snapchat, Uh, specifically the usage cases for your practice. So at the end of the episode, um, our goal is that you'll be able to walk away with a better understanding of how to use these platforms for your practice or maybe not, if you should be devoting your time somewhere else and they're just cool toys to play with. Yeah, and obviously time is very valuable. Office managers not do not necessarily have a lot of extra time to play with all these social media platforms. So we're going to kind of tell you the benefits of uh, Instagram and Snapchat and you can kind of decide on your own if it's worth your precious time. <laughs> so yeah, let's um, start with Instagram because it's kind of the one that's a little bit easier to understand and uh, digest. Yeah, so um, just to give you some facts and figures on Instagram, in a six-month period in 2016, Instagram had a huge growth. It went from um, 100, or it got all the way up to 100 million users in just six months, and now it has more than 600 million active users, and active users mean that people regularly get on it every day or every week. Um, The age range, you know, a lot of people think Instagram might be a lot of Younger people, um, 18 to 29 is their largest um, demographic there, with 59% of 18 to 29-year-olds have an Instagram account. And it goes all the way up to grandma and grandpa, 65 and older. Um, 8% of that demographic actually also is on Instagram. So Yeah, and I I think um, the 33% of 30 to 49-year-olds that that have it, I think is also important because those are typically like the decision makers in the household. Right, mom and dad. Right. Um, So for those of you that don't know or you've heard of Instagram, maybe you don't have it, maybe you never used it. It's basically like Facebook, but pictures only. Um, Pictures show up, they're really big and they're pretty and there's a lot of cool filters you can use. And um, Instagram is actually owned by Facebook, so they tie together really well, meaning that you can post uh, on Instagram and it will push to your Facebook. Uh, And we'll get into some ways that you can do that uh, in just a second here. So let's jump off and talk a little bit about some tips when you're posting. Yeah, so first of all, Instagram is kind of known as the hashtag hub for social media platforms. Obviously, hashtags are also used on Twitter, um, but it's a good way to uh, connect with other trending posts. So um, if you are going to post on Instagram, make sure you're using relevant hashtags that other people in your specialty are using so you're connected when people are searching for those specific topics. Yeah, and one thing with uh, hashtags, too, is um, for whatever reason, because there's no character count, I guess, 
Um, it is perfectly fine to post like a thousand hashtags on your Instagram posts. You see that a lot with like peer-to-peer posts, not so much on the business side, although some businesses will put, you know, a good like five or six hashtags at the end of their posts and that's perfectly okay. Yeah. And I've noticed that, uh, recently I've seen some businesses doing, so I guess they don't look as obnoxious. They'll, they'll shift down a few so that the hashtags don't take up the entire, uh, screen. They'll shift down and then it, Instagram kind of hides all the hashtags. Okay, that makes but sense. But it's still searchable. So you can kind of uh, press enter a couple times and then enter your 20 hashtags, and then it doesn't look as obnoxious when somebody's scrolling through. I've that, noticed yeah, that. That's cool. And lately. you can still get all the benefits of using Absolutely. the hashtags. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, one way to um, cultivate a following on Instagram is, like I said a few minutes ago, just connect your Facebook account to it. Um, and then, as Danielle mentioned, you can use relevant and popular hashtags. And, um, you know, it's always good to engage other followers by liking their photos and dropping a comment every now and then, just like it's important to do that on Facebook and Twitter and any other social media platform you're using, because again, these are supposed to be social. So it's not just about putting out your content and saying, come here, click here, like this. You actually have to participate and be active with the people that are choosing to follow you and engage with you. It's kind of a two-way street. Yeah, I think that's really important. Like as we go through kind of explaining Instagram and Snapchat in this podcast, it's important to know these are not sales platforms. They're a right. lot less salesy than some of the other social media platforms. And that kind of shows that, uh, or that kind of leads into my next point is that with Instagram, it's more lifestyle type posts, somebody with their grandkids, somebody riding a bike, things that people can relate to that they enjoy doing in their life um, rather than like you know, come buy, sell, click here type stuff. Right. You definitely want to show kind of the, um, you want to focus on the after that a patient will experience, you know, when they go to your practice. So for instance, if, um, you know, if you're an ophthalmologist you want to show someone after they've had their glaucoma surgery removed and they're, you know, they're reading a book, they're out doing something that they couldn't do prior to coming to see you. If you're an uh, orthopedic surgeon, you want to show, you know, get some pictures of a family riding bikes together because they couldn't do that when you had a bad knee for the dad or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, exactly. And um, one of the things is whenever you're using those images, it's important to choose consistent filters and branding. Make sure you use your brand colors, your fonts. Don't go crazy and use a different wacky filter every time. Just try to keep it consistent so when somebody's looking at your page or they're just scrolling through their news feed, they know it's you when they see it. Um, I think that's uh, really important. Um, and another thing I want to note, I know when Instagram first started doing video, it used to only be 10, maybe 20 seconds, and they've recently updated it or uh, increased it to, I think, 60 seconds. So you yeah. can do a full-minute video on Instagram now, so that's good if you have... Um, videos where you can put little clips in Instagram as well. Yeah, definitely. There's some really cool ways to incorporate the video there too. Um, when you're posting, make sure that uh, you know, you've know you got some photos, you'll have some stuff of patients, of course, they have to sign the appropriate releases. We've got separate podcasts and articles on that, so you can uh, get those. But um, make sure also that you show that you're kind of a living and breathing practice because, again, like we were talking about, you don't want to just push, push, push. You want to show that, you know, because people, they're a little bit apprehensive about going to the doctor anyway. So anything that you can do to show that, you know, your people too, and 
uh, especially the doctors. So if you can get some pictures with the docs and the staff, or either on the admin or the, uh, the medical side, that's awesome. Um, pictures of employees and staff members, people kind of like, they like to see sort of behind the curtain. Um, it makes you seem more real and personable and, uh, you know, you're not some scary doctor's office at that point. So I think when you're trying to frame these photos, just keep that in mind. Yeah, and I think that point is really, uh, really for across the board of all social media is, yeah. you know, you're a person that's a social platform and people kind of take it a little bit more lightly than other hardcore advertising type places that they see right. things. Right, definitely. Um, I, I think it also it is um, crucial to say, you know, you're, you're using these as kind of branding vehicles for your practice. So, you know, you're kind of not directly saying, hey, come look at us because we're different from our competitors, but that's kind of what you're saying, right? You're, you're not doing that head on, but you, that is sort of the message behind all of this. So you want to make sure that you're kind of trying to inspire patients with these photos. Um, Whole Foods actually does a really good job of this. They, um, they post photos that are representative of the Whole Foods brand, which is, you know, promoting healthy, wholesome food products. They're doing store events. They're out in the community. Um, you know, they're promoting sustainability. And a lot of those things can apply to your practice, too, because obviously you want to promote a healthy lifestyle. You're probably a part of your community. You know, maybe you sponsor a little league or you're out at events or chamber or commerce meetings, whatever the case may be. But those are awesome photos for Instagram. Yeah, um, another good use of Instagram is discount codes or promotions. Kind of, uh, you know, uh, it's like a special treat to people who only follow you on Instagram. It's like you have to be on Instagram to get this code or to get this 24-hour promotion that maybe your spa or med spa is having, something along those lines. Yeah, and and, uh, one cool way to do that is provide a different code on Instagram than you would put on, like, your Facebook or your Twitter, for instance, and then use the same offer, but a different um, code or, you know, say, mention that you saw this on whatever when you call to schedule your consultation and then see how the platforms do compare to one another. You know, did you get more of a return on your Facebook or your Instagram or your Twitter or your Snapchat, et cetera, et cetera. cetera. Yeah, that's a really good way to see if it's worth your time to be on Instagram. I know um, Corey mentioned earlier connecting your Instagram to Facebook Um, But another good thing, if you're already on Facebook and you're not sure about Instagram yet, is whenever you're doing your Facebook ads, you can, there's a little check to also include the ads on Instagram. So then you can kind of feel the waters to see how those ads perform and if you should, you know, make the whole move and create an Instagram account as well. Yeah, that's a great point. That lets you kind of experience Instagram without creating a profile and trying to get followers and everything like that. When you're going to make your Facebook ad, you just click that little button that Danielle mentioned, and then uh, it'll show up on Instagram. And you can track through your Facebook dashboard. And so all your numbers are right there, and you can see right away if it's working or not. Yeah, so if you're listening and you think, like, there's no way that you have time for Instagram and you've kind of already blocked it out of your mind, um, you could use the platform for kind of inspiration for images for your other, if you just use Facebook, you can just look at Instagram for ideas to make cool images, or even for your website or your other marketing materials that you need. It's a good place for inspiration because there's a lot of creative people on Instagram. Um, But if you do decide some, uh, we'll give you some ideas of what you can do. Uh, One of the good things, like we also said, you can do video and they also have the Instagram stories now, similar to Snapchat. Yeah, I was going to say, they they copy that from somebody. I can't think of 
Ooh. Never heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the cool ideas, you know, uh, we think works with, with practices is, you know, kind of like a day in the life of a physician. Maybe he's a whole day in clinic. He arrives. He does this. He does paperwork. He talks to this person. Um, that's kind of a good story for Instagram. That kind of Definitely. also applies to Snapchat, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I think um, going along that same vein is walking people through like a procedure. So let's say today, you know, is going to be a going back to the orthopedic example. Today is like knee surgery day, so you could show kind of what happens pre surgery, actually in the OR, and then post surgery because you know if you can get the patient up and walking that same day, if they're like doing like an outpatient knee replacement or something like that, um, you know, so your story for the day can be they came in in the morning. Here's them getting prepped. Here's the actual little clip of surgery. Here's them walking, and that is super powerful. Yeah, and of course, with anything like that, you'll have to get the patient's consent, get them to right. sign a, a media release form. Um, and another thing to note about the stories, and this will also apply to Snapchat, when you're recording all this awesome content, make sure you save it so you don't waste the effort and you can never use the content again. So always save those videos that you create on Instagram because then you can reuse it in other places. You mean save it like record it? Like a podcast? Oh, yes. You want to make sure that you... I'm never going to live that down. Yeah. <laughs> make sure you hit record and make sure you hit save. Yeah, definitely. Good um, stuff. So my, my last tip for Instagram stories um, is kind of doing like before and after photos. Again, we want to show that uh, the we want to focus on the after, but if you're, let's say, um, an oral surgeon or a plastic surgeon, um, showing those before and after photos, you can put those in the stories. I think that is a cool use too, and you've most likely you've already got those before and after photos, so you just snap a picture of them with your phone, and you know you just label it and before, after, tag your location, put a hashtag on there, and then you can do one of those every single day until you're out of photos. Yeah, then that's great. And one more thing I wanted to add too is uh, you can celebrate your company milestones if it's the anniversary of your opening. That's a great you, idea. You got. Um, uh, employees that are celebrating celebrating an anniversary as well, birthdays, all that good stuff is um, you know people like to see that as well. Definitely, yeah, that, that's a really good point. Again, it's anything to humanize the the practice and yeah. the physicians, and you know, kind of um, take yourself off that pedestal that some people may put you on. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Snapchat. Yeah. So to start with Snapchat, I'll also go some uh, go through some of their facts and figures. So Snapchat had huge growth when they started, but in the last few quarters, they're kind of starting to to dip down and plateau. Um, they have about 166 million daily active users, um, and their average user, 41% of 18 to 34-year-olds are on Snapchat every day, so obviously that's the millennial generation, um, but it's not just for teenagers and college students. Actually, 77% are older than 18, so I think that's really important to know people yeah, and so what that means for you is right now, maybe the key decision makers aren't on Snapchat, but they're going to be. So if you want to get used to the platform, kind of build a following and um, you know just kind of have a leg up and be proactive, now is the time to get involved because even though the decision makers may not be there just yet in the numbers that we want, they will be very soon. Yeah, and so some of our tips for Snapchat are very similar to uh, what we talked about for Instagram stories. So it seems like each social media platform is a little bit of a fragment of another. So Snapchat is basically just stories, and then Instagram has the stories and a news feed, and then Facebook has stories, news feed, everything. Yeah, too and much. Then Twitter is just kind of, you know, 140 characters, however much you can squeeze into that. Right. But it's 
uh, like I said, it's a story. It's good to keep it 30 to 60 seconds. It's kind of a short thing. People just click through really quickly on Snapchat. Um, and you can do similar things like we've talked about on Instagram. You can do showing the day in the life of a physician or one of your staff members before and after photos, walkthrough of a procedure, company milestones, you're having a party in the break room kind of thing. Um, but obviously HIPAA still applies in any of these situations. So if you're going to include a patient, make sure you get their permission. Definitely. And I think um, one of the things to remember about Snapchat, one of the things that originally set them apart was that you, know, you take a picture or your post, whatever, and then it goes away after 24 hours, right? Right. So it's still a HIPAA violation even if that post is going away. So make sure that you're still getting that consent because that's – um, we've had that question before from a couple of clients is if it goes away, it doesn't matter who's going to ever see it. But um, there's been cases where the, there's varying accounts of how it's actually deleted and if it's really deleted uh, from the Snapchat servers. So just be on the safe side. And if you're going to include a patient, kind of use your common sense and make sure that you always get that uh, HIPAA, viola- or HIPAA consent form yes. signed. Um, and like I mentioned with Instagram, Snapchat is not a social network to sell. Um, if you've ever been on Snapchat, it's a fun and goofy platform. You know, people put on dog dog filters on their face and have silly glasses and their face stretched out. So it's not a serious platform by any means. So if you're going to be there, be fun. Yeah, and I think that kind of lends itself to what I was just talking about. Like, one of the things that set Snapchat apart was that everything gets deleted. Or you can, if you're going to send something direct to someone, you can say, um, I'm going to send this post to Danielle. I'm going to make myself look like a dog and make a really goofy face or whatever. Uh, And then she's only going to be able to see it for three seconds, and then it's gone. Right. So because of that, I think it's opened up people to be a little bit more goofy and have a little bit more fun. And you can incorporate some of those elements into the practice. Obviously, you know, you don't want to go too far with it because, you know, you are professionals and and, uh, being a physician or in a physician's office is is very important. But you can have a little bit more fun here and and feel okay about it. Yeah, so obviously... Your audience and patients expect you to be professional, like Corey said. But when they're on Snapchat, they also expect fun, silly things. So you can be fun and silly and still be professional. Um, And I think Snapchat's a good place to do that if you feel like you have the time and you have willing physicians and employees to kind of be a part of the fun. Um, And one thing that I want to talk about is uh, something that we like to talk about when it comes to Snapchat is that Every brand should be more like DJ Khaled and less like a brand. I know Corey's been waiting to say that. Um, And DJ Khaled kind of, I think, put Snapchat on the map a little bit with his the way he uses it. And I I like Corey talk about it because I think he's a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my first introduction to Snapchat was through a friend saying that I had to follow DJ Khaled on Snapchat. If you don't know who he is, he's he's just a, a DJ. He comes up with beats for, you know, like modern hip hop and rap one. songs. Yeah. And so yeah, he went on Snapchat and he always posts this thing and he's either yells bless up or he says another one and another one. And he just posts random things. Like there's a snap of him gardening and he's just looking at flowers and I'll say and another one and then move his phone and show another flower and on and on and on. It's ridiculous, it's goofy. But it propelled his career into the stratosphere, and, and he kind of helped shape some of the way that we look at and use Snapchat now. So when you say we want every brand to be more like him, essentially that's just saying like it's okay to have a personality because it's going to help you be memorable. 
Yeah, and I think also DJ Khaled's Snapchat account, it just kind of shows something as simple as planting flowers can make people laugh or make their day. Yeah. And that it doesn't have to be like a crazy orchestrated event to be on Snapchat either. So, right. Um, and even if you don't choose to use Snapchat for your practice, follow DJ Khaled because it'll make your day. Totally worth <laughs> it. It's a major key to success. Exactly. Speaking of major keys, let's do some of the, the, the top um, actionable items if you do choose to do Snapchat. Like I said, the snort, the snories, the <laughs> stories can be, uh, don't make them snore. Don't make them so boring that people are snoring. I don't think the, what you did there. Good save. I know, I know. The stories, two to three minutes. Um, I think Snapchat limits you to about 10 seconds per clip, but obviously you can add multiple clips to your story. So two to three minutes, nothing too long. Usually, I mean, personally, when I'm in Snapchat, I just quickly snap through, right. snap through Snapchats, um, just to see what my friends are doing or what the brands that I follow are doing. And I don't, you know, give too much attention to it. So don't take up too much of their time. Yeah, I think it's easy to, um, you know, if you want to plan out one of these stories, you know, you can think about it for just a few minutes and then make sure, like like Danielle said, you want to keep them probably, I would say, like like five or six seconds each at, at most and then plan to have a good, like, four to eight pieces of your story for the day. Right, and so it's good to mix in some of your brand content with some of the takeovers that we talked about, like maybe give the phone to one of the doctors or have the doctor download Snapchat on their phone and they can just kind of take the account over for the day, follow them around. And then change the password on them so they can't keep yes. doing it. Yes, yeah. That could be a whole other thing. <laughs> An ego thing, for sure. Yeah. Um, but one of the good things about Snapchat, like we mentioned, it deletes after 24 hours, so that kind of creates the FOMO factor, which FOMO means fear of missing out, you know, Everything is social nowadays, and everyone has to check their phone every hour so they don't miss anything that anybody posts. So Snapchat like accelerates that that FOMO factor because you have 24 hours, and if you miss it, you missed it. So I think that's a good opportunity for kind of a 24-hour flash sale. VIP offers some of those codes that we were talking about for Instagram as well. Um, yeah, definitely. I and I would say with the the FOMO factor, as long as you're creating content. Um, specifically on, on Snapchat because it does go away, um, not to discount it, but you don't ha- have to worry about it being 100% perfect every single time. So I, it's really important to keep that in mind because as long as you're creating new stuff, then you're doing the right thing. So And, and that adds to that whole FOMO factor that uh, Danielle was talking about. So if you just keep making stuff, people are going to look at it and you're, you're gonna, they're going to see the updates and they're going to want to click through. Right, so that kind of wraps up our explanation of both Instagram and Snapchat. Of course, these are fun and popular platforms, um, but obviously they take time. If you're going to devote the time to your practice, you need to devote the time to it. And if you know you don't have time, then you shouldn't waste your time trying to be on them just to be on them. Yeah, so, I mean, to answer the question, should you be using Instagram and Snapchat? Sure, and you can figure out where you have the time to devote the hours that it's going to take to get everything set up and rolling, then definitely do it. Do they work? Absolutely. Are they engaging? You betcha. But they take time and you have to manage them and you have to engage like we talked about at the beginning of the pod. So just make sure that if you're going to join these things, you have the resources and the time available to manage them. Otherwise, you're going to set them up you're going to use them for a day, you're going to go away, and then they just look barren, and that doesn't look good for the brand or the practice. 
Yeah, so like I said, it's about where you spend your time. If most of your audience is on Facebook and you're already on Facebook, then you should devote your time to making your Facebook page awesome um, and not have kind of empty Instagram or Snapchat stories that nobody ever looks at and it's just there with nothing on it, kind of like Corey just said. Right, so if your decision makers are on Facebook and you don't, you have limited time, then make sure that you're spending the time and the dollars to reach them because they're the ones that are going to decide to schedule an appointment ultimately. But yeah. like we talked about earlier, if you want to be proactive and you do have the time, these are great platforms to take advantage of. Yeah, so uh, I think Corey would love to share the moral of this story. It's one of his little zingers he's been excited about. <laughs> yeah, so the moral of the story for me is don't half-ass a bunch of social platforms. You want a whole-ass one of them. Exactly. So if you're going to do it, do it. And if you're not, don't half-ass it. Um, but if you do decide to use Instagram, Snapchat, and you have a lot of success, let us know. Um, we're on Twitter at Dr. Marketing Tips. We're on we're on Facebook. You can drop us a line, send us an email. Definitely, yeah. It, we would love to hear from you guys and see what you're doing and uh, how it's working for you. Because um, you know we have we work with clients every single day, and, and we can share their stories. But we want to hear from from you, the listeners, as well. So, yeah. 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 With that, uh, I'm Court, and I'm Danielle, and we will catch you in the next one. What's up? <laughs> Thanks for listening to the DrMarketingTips.com podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, check out DrMarketingTips.com for our podcast resource center with all the notes, links, and goodies we mentioned during the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our show, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet on iTunes, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate even more of our medical practice peers. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders.